0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar ala Amma Alhamdulillah Tonight is the 14th of May in the year 2023 And Alhamdulillah, we've completed the third week, the 21st night that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the Illustrious Companion Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. R. And I've reached the point where I've mentioned that Allah, the Almighty and Glorious, He's decreed the Battle of battle, uh, the battle the of Badr to take place. So the next section is entitled, The Death of Abu Jahl, God damn him, said Ibn kathir It was during this most glorious of encounters that the arch enemy of Islam, Finally, met his miserable end. So, this hadith is recorded in Sahih Bukhari, Sahih Muslim, number 4341, Hakim in his Mustadrak, volume 3, page 425, Behaki, volume 6, page 305, Mishkat in the chapter on booty and swells, Ibn Katil Sira, volume 2, page 294 of the English translation, Ayatha Sahaba, volume 2, page 283 to 4 of the New English translation. Sayyid al Muslimin, Sayyidina Abdul Rahman ibn Auf, he relates As I stood in file during the battle of Badr, I looked to my right and my left and I saw two youths from the Ansar who were very young in age. I was hoping that I'd, I had rather been between two stronger aged and more experienced men. In another report in Sahih Bukhari, he added, I thus began to feel unsafe in my position when one of them addressed me in a manner that the other should be unaware of. So stop in the report. So they've lined up for battle. I don't forget, the believers see them few in number, the kufar. And the kufar see the believers few in number. But despite that, Abdul Rahman ibn Yawfradi he said, I had two youngsters next to me. Youngsters doesn't mean children, it meant teenagers. And then it says that one of them whispered something to me and I felt that he didn't want the other to hear. When one of them nudged me saying, Dear uncle, do you know who Abu Jahl is? I replied, certainly. But what have you got to do with him? He replied, I have been informed that he abuses Rasulullah Thus I now swear by the being who controls my life that if I see him, I shall not leave him until he perishes. So, look how interesting. He didn't know who Abu Jahl was. Why? Because this, these are the Ansar. So he asked Ibn Auf, and he goes, yes. And what was the reason he was targeting him? Because of his love for the Prophet Ibn Auf said, I was very impressed by this. The other youth then Nujmi and had a similar conversation. So look how twitching. The one on the right didn't want the left to hear. And the one on the left didn't want the right to hear. In another report, Sayyih Bukhari, Ibn added. I now did not want to be between any other men than these two. (laughs) So he goes, within a very short period, because now I'm so happy to be between them. No sooner did I spot Abu Jahl doing his rounds amongst his people when I said to the youths, look, there is the man whom you are inquiring about. The two, when the battle finally broke out in full swing, darted towards him during battle with their swords and eventually struck him until they had aye virtually finished him. In another report in Sayyid Bukhari, he added, they attacked him like two peregrine falcons and struck him with their swords. They were the two sons of Afra, Ai Sayyidina Mu'ad ibn Affra and Sayyidina Mu'awud ibn Afla. Sayyidina Afra was their mother. Mu'ad ibn Amr ibn Al Jamuh was also with them. So, stop in the report. So, how did he describe their locking on onto Abu Jahl? And look at the description. Like two peregrine falcons. Now, if you've seen a falcon swoop, it's focused and the poor bird doesn't know what's hit it because it just swoops down from nowhere. He goes, this is the best way to describe what they did. And he mentioned who they were. They were the two sons of Afra. Now Afra is their mother, not their father. And their names were Muad and Muawud. And another companion Muad ibn Amr was also there. Ta'ala. Later they went to Rasulullah and they reported the whole incident. When Rasulullah asked which of you had killed Abu Jahl, they both claimed to have done so. Meaning they were confused. <laughs> we both struck him. I'm certain I've killed him. The other goes, no, I've killed him. The Prophet said, have you wiped your swords yet? They said, no. He then examined their swords wasallam and said, indeed you have both killed him. Rasulullah however, decided to award Abu Jahl's possessions to Mu'ad ibn Amr ibn Jamuh. Radiallah. The other youngster was Mu'ad ibn Afrah So what's interesting, the two youngsters, they did not get the spells. The spells was given to Mu'ad ibn Amr ibn Jamuh. Now mention why, radiallah. So this is the report in Sayyid Bukhari and Muslim. This is the most authentic narration with regards to the killing of Abu Jahl. So why were the two sons not given the spells? You know, if you look at this report, you think he examined their swords and then what happened? Why did the Prophet give the, sallam, give the spells to Mu'ad ibn Amr ibn Jamuh? The reason for this was that the noble sons of Afrah were ultimately blessed with martyrdom. I, for they had been seriously wounded. How do we know? Mm-hmm. In Behaki, Ibn Katir, see the volume 2, page 296 of the English translation. Rasulullah sallallahu stood where the two sons of Afra had passed away and said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed the two sons of Afra for they were indeed partners in the killing of the Fir'aun of this Ummah, the leader-in-chief of the polytheists. Someone asked, Ya Rasulullah, who else killed him along with them? He replied, The angels, والسلام, and also Ibn Mas'ud participated in his killing. <laughs> so this explains. So if a person looks like a said, in Bukhari and Muslim, he's bewildered. He goes, Why is the Prophet not given the spouse to either one of the two sons? Because it doesn't mention they were martyred shortly thereafter. You get the impression that they were fully healthy and they showed their swords. But the image probably was that they were both very seriously wounded. Mm-hmm. They wanted to know, did we kill him? Mm-hmm. Rasulullah gave it to the one who lived. Mm-hmm. Mu'ad ibn Amr ibn Jamuh, Now this is important. Mm-hmm. The spells was given to him. However, one thing was not, and I'll mention what that was in a bit. And that was not the sword of Abu Jahl. <laughs> So Abu Jahal's, his possessions went to Mu'ad ibn Amr ibn Jamuh, but not his sword. <laughs> now what's interesting, what did the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi call Abu Jahl? Didn't even mention him by name. Mm-hmm. He goes, the Fir'aun of the Ummah, the leader in chief of the polytheists. And the Prophet mentioned who actually were the ones responsible for his killing, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So now let's look at Mu'ad ibn Amr, who was given the spells. With regards to Muad ibn Amr ibn Jammuh participation in the killing of the Fir'aun of the Ummah, he himself said, During the Battle of Badr, Abu Jahl seemed to be in a dense forest, I, due to being surrounded by soldiers on all sides. The people therefore said, It is impossible for anyone to reach him.' No sooner had I heard this, Then I resolved to get to him and thus headed in his direction. Mm. I attacked him as soon as I got the opportunity Mm. and then struck him with my sword, causing his foot to fly off from halfway down his calf. Mm. By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the only comparison I can draw of his foot flying off is like a dead stone flies off a grindstone when it is thrown against it. Mm. Another report. It is related in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad Ibn Katir Sida, volume 2, page 295 of the English translation, that later Abdullah ibn Mas'ud al before finishing Abu Jahl off, he had observed his leg had indeed been severed. <laughs> but the shaitan was still using his sword to defend himself. So look how beautiful. If you look at the authentic report, they confirm who cut his leg, it is basically his calf off, it was Amr. Ibn al ibn Amr ibn al and he took his leg off. and He goes, The way to describe it is like a dead stone bouncing off a rock because I hate it so hard. The report continues Abu Jahal Sun, upon witnessing this, he then struck me on the shoulder. The blow severed my arm and it hung by its side to my side, meaning it almost was completely cut off, but it was dangling. <laughs> The battle then occupied me from feeling the pain and I fought most of the day with the arm swinging behind me. <laughs> However, when it became too burdensome, I placed my foot on the dangling arm and pulled hard until the skin gave way and I cast my arm to the side. Ibn Ishaq added, he lived afterwards until the Khalifa of Uthman, <laughs> So, where is this recorded? This is recorded in Ibn Adi in his Al Qamil 2 24, Uyun al Athar 1 340, Tabari in his Tariq 2 36, Ibn Ishaq, Ibn Hisham in his Sira, page 354 of the New English Translation, Al Bidayah, volume 3, page 287, Ayat al Sahaba, volume 2, page 284 to 5 of the New English Translation. So, now think about this. Everybody who attacked Abu Jahal was martyred or severely injured. <laughs> Does that mean he was a soldier, he was a warrior seasoned? Yes, he was. The other thing which is interesting, when you are fighting one-to-one with the individual, you can work out how severe the jewel is by what happens to them. So the clue is in this report. What was the fatal strike that literally finished him? He took off his calf. So now To take off the calf of your enemy, what would cause you to do that? (laughs) So it doesn't take a you know a brilliant strategy to work out that you have to duck. Mm -hmm. So Amr al-Mu'adi Ibn Amr Ibn Al Jammu was obviously having a duel with Abu Jahl, and then when Abu Jahl was swinging his sword, he ducked, and he got him at the weak point, his leg, Mm -hmm. even though it's not mentioned, and he went straight through his leg. Imagine, and he went flying. Mm -hmm. And the report goes, that didn't kill him. because he, he was still trying to defend himself. But his son saw that Ikrima, so imagine Ikrima sees his father with his calf flank. He goes, he struck me. And then look at the, you know, if he wasn't recording, you think, are you just adding, you know, the answer is no. His arm was struck and he almost came off. Now think about that. You're thinking, he's out now. He's not out. He's I'm still fighting. And he gave then the description. He goes, I couldn't think of the pain. Because of the battle. So obviously a very poor example you can think of is adrenaline is pumping. So obviously the pain isn't, you know, you're not really feeling the pain at the time. And then because he was getting in the way, (laughs) he actually ripped his arm off. Then you'd think he's now going to get martyred. He wasn't martyred. He lived to love Man's Califat. If a person loses his arm, shouldn't he die from loss of blood? So... That is why he was given the spouse. You know, the problem is people are very shallow and they're looking at the seerah. because Bukhari and Muslim doesn't make sense. Why? The two sons of Afra killed him and Rasulullah gives the spouse to Mu'adi ibn Amr ibn Jamuk. What did he do? And there you go, right? Well, you're a Bukhari Muslim expert. If that's all your details, you're not going to get the fine details. Rasulullah gave it to the one-armed. Mu'adi bin Amr ibn ibn Jamuk is mean one-armed. Well, there you go in it, brother. You haven't studied So obviously when he gave the the spores barring the sword, he deserved it because obviously he'd given his arm in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. With regards to Mu'ad ibn Amr ibn al-Jammu, who's his father. Mu'ad ibn Amr ibn ibn al-Jammu. With regards to his father Amr ibn al-Jamuh, he was handicapped for one of his legs was defective causing him to walk with an extreme limp. He was blessed with four valiant and brave sons. Sayyidina Khalad, Sayyidina Mu'awad, Sayyidina Mu'ad and Sayyidina Abu um, Ayman. Abu the Honorable Father Amr ibn al-Jamuh, Seeing the accolades being poured upon his noble sons at Badr. Those naturally also wanted to have a share of these priceless others. So imagine, you'd be happy. Look, Alhamdulillah, my sons have been honored above others. He goes, no chance. I want some, you know, I want a piece of the action, as they say. So what happened? It is related that Amr ibn al-Jamooch, radiyallahu, those asked, Ya Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa Suppose that I fight in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until I am killed. Will I then walk with this leg of mine in paradise whilst it is normal and healthy? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi said, Certainly. Thereupon on the day of Uhud, the polytheist killed Sayyidina Amr ibn al-Jamuh sallam, his nephew and one of their freed slaves. Rasulullah placed later passed by their bodies and ordered them to be placed in the same grave. SubhanAllah. This is in Ahmad in his Musnad, number 22533 or 5 299, Ibn Ishaq, Ibn Hisham in his Sira, page 412 to 3 of the New English Translation. So the Honorable Father, obviously, he wants to get some of the honor. And he's begging the Prophet, sallallahu wa sallam, he says, Ya Rasulullah, please allow me to fight. And the Prophet wa sallam said, you, You're excused. He goes, no, because if I give my life, will my leg be healthy in paradise? He goes, certain. And then what happened? On the day of Uhud, the next encounter, he was martyred. His nephew was martyred and one of their freed slaves. And they were placed in the same grave. The Prophet honored them by placing them together. Another report adds details. Ibn Ishaq related on the authority of some old men belonging to Banu Salam. When Rasulullah ﷺ commanded to bury the martyrs of Uhud, he said, Join Amr ibn al-Jamuh and Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-Haram in the same grave, for they were intimate friends in the world, i.e. from which they have now both honorably exited. This is recorded in Imam Malik's Muwatta, 2-470. Ibn Sa'ad in his 2 562, Fatal Bari, 3 25627, Ibn Ishaq, Ibn Hisham in the Sira, page 418 of the New English translation. So let's put all this together. So the father was martyred in Uth. There was another companion martyred. His name was Abdullah Ibn Amr Ibn Haram. Anyone know who this is? <laughs> so again, job blocks. Another job locks, job locks, no connection. <laughs> His son, he had a very famous son. Who was his very famous son? So the father is called Abdullah ibn Amr ibn Haram. Mm-hmm. Very famous narrator of Hadith. Very young in the time of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Had six sisters. Jabir ibn Abdullah. His son, Jabir ibn Abdullah. Radhiya How great was the father. Again, you know, people don't even know who the great ones are. We love the Sahabah. Dear you MashaAllah, right? Jabr ibn Abdullah, he was the one, the, uh, the father told him, Son, I feel that I'm going to get martyred in this campaign. He goes, look after your sisters. So what happened? He was martyred. And when Jabr saw his father, he wept. The Prophet said, don't weep. And then he said something about his father to Jabr. He goes, shall I tell you something about your father or Jabr? And the hadith is in Tirmidhi, it's a sahih hadith. He goes, Allah the Almighty and Glorious only speaks from behind the veil but he removed the veil for your father. <laughs> Mind-boggling. If the veil is removed, the creation perishes. That's what the Prophet told us. And yeah, he removed the veil because he spoke directly to your father. And then he said to him, do you need anything? And Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-Haram عنك, said, yes. He let me go back and give my life again. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I have decreed that death and that's it. No return. Then he says, but I will inform them that you are happy. And then Allah revealed a passage in Surah Ali Imran where he said that they are content and pleased. Don't say that they are dead. So this was the father. So look at his status. The only one who Allah removed the veil for. What did the Prophet say here? He said, join Amr ibn al jamuh the one with a limp who was martyred, and this man, Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-Haram. Why? Because they were intimate friends in the world. He goes, just now, put them together like they were in the world. So note all of these were the sacrifices of the Sahabah. So how do the kuffar honor their fallen ones? 10 gun salute every year on the 11th of the 11th. We don't even know the names of the Saab. Imagine <laughs> that. Because they gave their lives for who? For you. For the sake of the deen. Without their sacrifices, we wouldn't be talking about them now. And you don't even know their names. Astaghfirullah. So, Lord, when you hear about, especially the martyrs, you're thinking, I need to know this person because he's given his life. And then people go to Uhud. They go, so These are the martyrs of Uhud. And we just stand there like that. Oh, you're right who his takeaway, right? MashaAllah. Mm-hmm. So note, here, the martyrs. So, to recap and to summarize, all of the following nobles were involved in the killing of this most wretched man, Abu Jahl. You can mention five. The blessed angels, alayhi salatu wa s-salam. Number two, Sayyidina Mu'ad ibn Afrah, mm-hmm. Number three, Sayyidina Muawud ibn Afrah, Number four, Sayyidina Mu'ad ibn Amr ibn Jammu'h, and which I'm going to mention tomorrow, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. I've left him out deliberately, but you need to go through that to understand how Abu Jahl was taken out. And notice the angels are under the divine command. Were they allowed to kill him? No. <laughs> Allah wanted the Sahaba to have the honour. He strike him, do what you need to do, but do not take him out. Hmm. Allah gave two of the sons of Afra martyred hmm. before they killed that shaitan. He he made one of them lose his arm. when there was an honor for the uh, Mu'ad ibn Amr. And then of course his father was martyred in the next encounter the Allah. And then of course Ibn Mas'ud shall mention tomorrow, inshallah. Hmm. So all I mentioned today, was now talking about the death of Abu Jahl and Ibn he said, God damn him. <laughs> and I mentioned, of course, the reports which led to the death of this wretch. And the other thing I should have mentioned, let me just mention it very briefly. Mu'ad ibn Amr ibn al-Jamuh, the one who lost his arm and struck Abu Jahl, took his calf out. He was very dear to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The report mentions that they were the early ones who embraced islam in al-madina so who is the most famous muad muad ibn jabal muad ibn jabal who the prophet said that the most learned of the halal and the haram is muad ibn jabal he also said that he will be a stone throw ahead of the scholars on the day of judgment this is in imam Ahmad's muslim he was a very close friend of muad ibn Amr. so two muads were very close and they used to have little missions Where they knock out idols Of the Ansar Mu'adi ibn Amr's father Had a silly idol And he used to look after it To quote a long narration Short The sun kept knocking it out First he took it out Then he put it into a place Where people excrement Then he finally threw it Into a well Where women put their uh, You know Their period rags And then he put a little sword Around it He goes Defend yourself And when he found it In the well With the period rags Where he goes This isn't God And then eventually He came around So, note from that humble beginning, look at the state he ended up being a martyr in the Battle of Uth. And of course, his other family members were also honored as well. Mm Are there any questions we don't ask?